Welcome to Tales from the Rabbit Hole. I'm your host, Mick West. My guest today is DJ Thermal Detonator. At least that's the name he goes by. And we're going to talk about uh, a couple of topics that are very close to my heart, which I've been looking at for many years. Uh, 9-11 and the 9-11 controlled demolition theory in particular. And uh, chemtrails, which is kind of what I got started out debunking with. And uh, DJ Thermal Detonator, uh, or Thermal Detonator for short, <laughs> is, yeah. uh, is an expert on these things. So, uh, <laughs> DJ Thermal Detonator, welcome to Tales from the Rabbit Hole. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. So, you contacted me on Twitter like a few times, and uh, you told me that you've been working on some uh, videos about doing 9-11 and then you also told me that you uh, you also do like some debunking of uh, of nine eleven specifically yes. some of the controlled demolition theories. And you know a lot of the people who are promoting these theories because you've you've been in the nine eleven community for quite a long time. Is that right? Yeah, um, yeah. I've been in We Are Change LA since two thousand eight, but I became like a activist or awake like two thousand seven. So what was your uh, your red pill moment back in 2007? Probably, sadly, like a lot of people, Loose Change, second yeah. edition. And probably, I, I believe it was posted on a music forum. Then this was also in the beginning of MySpace and that whole heyday of social media. So I was just kind of overwhelmed. The only thing I kind of latched onto was the Ron Paul movement, movement at first, hmm. before I really discovered Alex Jones and... Infowars and all that, which probably came, which happened the following year uh, after I uh, parted ways from my job at Amoeba Music in Hollywood. Okay, so that was also been kind of been that's kind of my real background is because I'm DJ. I've worked in the music industry, kind of in that level, you know, managed managed bands, and so I've just kind of been familiar with you know film releases, distribution of films and stuff. So kind of just kind of kept an eye on things and. I was already having problems with the questioning the entire story just from even Michael Moore's film, Fahrenheit 9-11. So, uh, that mm. film, you know, at first made me kind of wonder, maybe there's a, a Bush bin Laden conspiracy going on here. Maybe these things that I've heard other people talk about of world government, of all these kind of these global kind of conspiracies, kind of you always hear kind of rumors about. That was there looming. That was there for a couple of years while I was working at Amoeba. You know, and then just kind of seeing that the war on terror is just not making any sense at all. And then 2007 is loose changed and, you know, I'm freaking out over the demolitions and all that. But the real debunking probably I'm more definitely more focused on is the all the uh, the no plane stuff, uh, you know, mainly the Pentagon strike. Right. That I think is probably much more very damaging. <laughs> yeah. So uh, back in say 2008, when you you say so you joined We Are Change. Now We Are Change is, uh, I guess, what, what what is We Are Change? Can you describe what it was at, at the time when you joined it? Uh, we Are Change was just basically a reaction from uh, the 9/11 Truth groups, and it started in New York um, with uh, a son of a police officer who died, Wallace. That's his name. Kind of talked about. It's all kind of covered in an Alex Jones documentary that's called. Uh, 9-11 Truth Chronicles, uh, Truth Rising. He passed away from some really strange, really strange story because he fell in, the kid, uh, Dan Wallace, 
died in his sleep, but he was the one that kind of came up with this idea of being the change you want to be. Because mm-hmm. 9-11 truth groups weren't going to do anything. They were just kind of, I guess, doing their film gatherings, doing, you know, they're just kind of a pretty much a conspiracy theory support group. So, so, so you know, they weren't they weren't doing anything about it. You know, and a lot of people were um, just motivated. They wanted to wake people up and get the media out there just because, you know, it, they were still in the beginning stages of social media. You know, you don't, you don't even really have YouTube out, at, at, you know, at that point, or at least it's not... YouTube not hosting the extended yeah. long films like it did, you know, back in the ten minute segments and stuff. Yeah, so, so I remember I remember we are change back in the day. They did a lot of kind of um, like confrontation type things. They would go up to politicians and they would try yeah, to yeah, you know, yeah. get Luke them on film. Yeah, Luke Radowski got in there, yeah. and uh, and that's just became this whole activism journalist ambush journalist thing that was really pushed by Alex Jones. And, you know, all of a sudden, uh, little chapters started popping up. And the, the big one was the L.A. chapter. And that one, uh, I mean, I wasn't there the first year that it started. But afterwards, I was. And we were already starting to do, we were already starting to do some of these ambush pieces already. We've even had, you know, one of our early members, uh, Jeremy roth Cushell. they were appearing on uh, Bill Maher's talk show, you know, trying to get him to talk about Building 7. So that was going on at first. So yeah, that that's it was it was being an activist group, waking people up on the street with you know the the, the DVDs, the literature. But then when there were the the, the occasions of an, a politician or somebody powerful that might have been part of the cover up or needed to be waked or what was their opinion on on nine eleven, yeah, we would definitely get together for that. And yeah, we were doing these ambush pieces like that, just like you would see Luke Radowski when he first uh, approached. Uh, too big new Brzezinski, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, in a way, it was... Uh, no, I don't agree with it anymore, because I, oh, think, no. I think the way that the way they were handling it, I think, you know, they were, they were just basically accusing these people of being part of the conspiracy, and it's just kind of silly, because when you look at a situation like Too big new Brzezinski, you're going to call him and say he's part of the conspiracy? His wife, I mean, it's not his wife, his, his daughter, Micah Brzezinski, works for NBC News. She was down on the street, and she almost got killed on 9-11. Right. <laughs> you know, she was actually not far from it, all of it falling down. So it's really ridiculous. It's It just tells you the truth movement. Not, it was not very well researched when it came to 9-11. Yeah. So so We Are Change LA is kind of, I guess, doesn't really exist in that form anymore. No, it doesn't it's, really it's exist anymore. It's kind of uh, essentially, like, uh, disappeared. Uh, yeah. What's... What what happened to it over the years? How did it how did it change? How did it grow? And then what was the the tipping point for it? Well, I mean, there's definitely the point part where we can get into chemtrails. You know, that mm-hmm. starts at probably I would say 09, 2010, 11. I 2011 I left, and then I moved away and I, I went to the Central Coast and I went to my hometown area in the Central California. And I was kind of back and forth also within Orange County. So I was for several years, I was kind of gone. But I would still talk to a lot of our members from We Are Change LA. I was still seeing, you know, the, the meetups, just kind of what was going on. I still talked to people. And in fact, I even went to functions that weren't an actual meeting just because some of the members would be there. Whether it was a, a film screening or, you know, some speaking event, whatever. You know, I still was, you know, occasionally functional at that level. But I was gone from the group from like meetings for several years. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, with 2000, after, you know, with 2013, or really the end of 2012 because of Sandy Hook. So then 2013, you know, because 2012 was, was December 2012. So 2013, you know, the Sandy Hook thing really took off then. I wasn't around and I, you know, I didn't speak up online or to any messages to the people who were getting into that. So when I came back about three years later, I came to a meeting and I hadn't been, and there was only five members now. I mean, it, wow. it already dwindled down. It had, you know, it died off, lost members from other, from the steering committee, steering committee drama. The big thing was the Occupy movement. That really killed us off a lot because people got distracted. People got upset mm. because we went and joined that too. And, you know, it was just a lot of, lot of just mistrust. So with the Sandy Hook thing, like people were basically saying, yeah, Sandy Hook was uh, staged. Yes, we had we had about five members left, you know, and mm. one of them wasn't didn't believe it, you know. He didn't entirely believe it, but he kind of entertained it because these guys were always talking about it. They were always watching Jones and following, you know, Fetzer and you know yeah. Wolfgang how big, you know, they were all into that. And I already knew it was garbage just because I even knew people from LA that were from Connecticut and actually knew a police officer that went to the crime and they're a 9-11 truther. And then, you know, and then you find out about Lenny Posner's one is is, he's even a conspiracy theorist, 9-11 truther, Alex Jones listener. And I'm like, wait a minute, this this can't be, you know, you know, we're, you know, conspiracy theories are kind of popular at this level. We have social media, you know, you know, you can basically connect with anybody to confirm things or, you know, just to keep in touch with reality. And these people they just kind of weren't. They were just being amazed by all these random YouTube videos that are coming up. I remember the evening of Sandy Hook, like that night, like there was 10 videos already up. People already making these whole thing about the way Robbie Parker reacted. And then there were, the, mm. they were saying one of the kids wasn't, wasn't actually in the, in the photo or, you know, was the wrong kid dead. And then that ended up, ended up being wrong, but they still kept going. And then it's, all of a sudden, there's the the, the lights. Sir Signal's trying to say that the, the porter potties were just kind of like brought in, you right. know, on short yeah. notice. Just kind of like all these really silly things. But that took up our group extensively. So I'm in there. I'm in a you know, I'm in a we are changing LA group meeting, and that's all they're talking about. You know, they're still. I'm like, you know, they were not only that talking about that. They were talking about the Boston bombing being fake too. And I'm just like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait a minute. We need to talk about 9/11 again. <laughs> Because <laughs> because I, I was telling them because I'm finding out a lot of things that you know we didn't address years ago, and I think we should be focused on that because first of all, Sandy Hook is this whole thing is BS, and I and I told them who I knew, and they they were like calling me liars. Huh. I'm like you people are crazy. And then one thing got into another, and then it got into also the 9/11 thing because we started talking about the Pentagon. They were getting mad at me that I was saying, look, Flight 77 hit it. You guys didn't really need to look at the evidence. You know, they were just, with the, the strange thing about it all to me, this is what I didn't understand. All these people were are basically kind of having had an exodus from Alex Jones. They already hated Alex Jones. You know, they, they already didn't trust him. But why were these people still preserving all the BS that they already learned from him? It's like, where do you guys, where do you guys start to call him a shill? Where do you guys start to call him not pure or whatever. Yeah, whatever. so they've, they've gone beyond Alex Jones. Even it's uh, yeah. Do, do, then, do you think like the the group did the did the individuals within the group like really change from like this you know fairly baseline ordinary nine eleven conspiracy to these 
more you know more extreme conspiracies like like chemtrails and the Sandy Hook stuff was that actually a change within the group or was it kind of like whittling away like people left and then the only people who remained were these these more extreme people yes that's basically it that's basically it. that that and then it, you know there was already the chemtrails were already there there was also always the anti-gmo thing the vaccine thing started first you know and i was like i i understand but it's like we're, we're trying to deal with you know foreign policy you know with all the problems of 9-11 why are we getting hmm. distracted with that but then came the chemtrails Right afterwards, and you know that's when Mike Murphy just kind of moved in from from the Chicago We Are Change, and a year later he's already trying to he's already working with some of the other some other locals, and they're already trying to put out a film, and they were the ones telling us about, oh man, you got to look in this whole thing of chemtrails, and it was slowly coming up as a subject, you know, on Infowars, and then yeah. you know, and it just started kind of growing, and like yeah. I already mentioned about the Occupy thing. But the, the, but then the Sandy Hook thing. I mean, it's just these people were just so so adamant about it. You know, they did not want to do any exploratory investigation themselves. They were just completely counting off. Just all these rumors started off of YouTube, and that's mm. all. Yeah. Know? So I was wondering, like, you know, there used to be like more people who went to the We Are Change meetings who were these, you know, nine eleven people. Just you know, nine eleven is an inside job of some sort. Did mm-hmm. did did they just yeah scatter to the four winds or did did they form other groups or do you know what they're doing now? They kind of scattered because you know ironically around right around the same time as the the Occupy thing it was also the same year that the the Osama bin Laden was assassinated you know and that really kind of just oh you know people were just like oh now I got to deal with that you know I've got to deal the truth movement was kind of like oh I got to deal with that now. So I think it became even a turnoff for some people, but at that point, there was always there was also the fear of 2012 itself, you know. So a lot of people kind of also ascribed to that, and also buying all the dollars going to crash, fear mongering, you know, all that. So they, so people kind of like a lot of people just kind of moved out of LA, you know. Um, the people that were in the movement, they just kind of were just kind of just yeah, they were paranoid, you know. They thought. So- the fear of 2012, like just like the the Mayan calendar thing. Yeah, the Mayan thing. Yeah, yeah, and then the, 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 just all the fear mongering, just from Alex Jones and all, you know, mm. just Gerald Salente and all these other people just kept telling you the dollar's going to crash, shit's going to hit the fan, you know. And then, then it never does. <laughs> no, never does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you know? Uh, you know Steve Wright uh, from? Uh, was he there when you were there? Tall yes. guy, video guy. I would, I, you know, if if you're in contact with him, I would love to talk to him because you know what, he was right about some things. Yeah, <laughs> and he was the one that referenced. He was the one that referenced uh, your your website to us. You know, but, but uh, it was actually interesting. I actually brought him. I actually talked about him in a little video I, I shared with some people, just because he was he was at least brave enough to show up. With the images from the, the the Pentagon, you know, he's trying to test everyone's you know beliefs, but he started with the Pentagon, and you know, it was the first time I actually seen the clear shot of the hole. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd never seen it. And I'm like, oh my god! I, I, and you know, when he came up to me, he was just you know, I told him, I like, look, either something hit, you know, either some kind of drone hit it, or po- possibly Flight 77 hit it. And he goes, oh really? He says, you, you know, Stephen told me, oh really? You think? You think that's possible you that a fled that the plane actually hit? I go, yeah. So, well, what if I show you a photo, you know, and he shows it to me. And I'm just like, nobody showed me that photo. I'm <laughs> like, yeah. 
So he was, uh, he, he, it was a win-win situation for him there. So it was cool. Yeah, I remember he he told me like I, I talked to him. I interviewed him for my book. He uh, this guy. One of the chapters in the book is basically the interview oh. I, I had with him. Uh, and you know, he talked a lot about the the way I changed stuff. And for him, I think it was the chemtrails thing that kind of started to unravel his uh, his his belief system. And then the, you know he, he he thought you know if chemtrails are not real, then what else might not be real in terms of you know what, what this group is saying. Uh, that's that's great. Because I remember another older gentleman that we had in our group who worked for Boeing, and he wasn't buying it either. And he just we started getting into a rent with one of our leaders, and you know all of a sudden he's kind of kicked out. So it just kind of like, you know, we weren't even tolerating people who were saying no to this whole thing on chemtrails. So that's I didn't know that was the reason that started. That's why Stephen Wright had left. I don't blame him. Yeah, is yeah, it's, it's people sometimes. Uh, like in like conspiracy theories to to cults. Yeah. Do you do you do you see that at all? Do you see like a kind of a oh, cult like totally, behavior? It, it is a cult. It is a cult. I'll totally admit it. It is a cult. Very much. It's based from. I I will have to share. I mean, I put a lot of blame onto it with Alex Jones, but the, I mean, I'm not saying hmm. that that kind of belief and thinking system didn't exist before. But you know, we're living in a different age now. We've you know, it's not. You know, it's not just a technology thing with the Internet. It's the whole thing just with 9-11. It's a huge event, and it was a spectacular terrorist attack. And unfortunately, you have your opportunists that are making it seem like it's something else than what it was. Yeah. So, and yeah. unfortunately, that, that yeah, it's, it, it's, a, it's totally a cult. And, you know, it's unfortunate. It's very easy to, for people to fall into because there's a lot of emotional attachment to it. So... Yeah, I think with cults, like the people often think that cults, they they usually center around a a charismatic leader, like the person who's the the guru or whatever. Like you know, you know, in uh, Scientologists have L. Ron Hubbard, or they used to have L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, but you know, at some point, I guess, like with a with a cult, you don't need a leader anymore, and just the belief system of the cult itself takes over. You know, they don't. You know, the Scientologists don't have L. Ron Hubbard anymore, but they're still they're still Scientologists. But with 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 this type of thing, though, with uh, chemtrails and nine eleven and everything, I mean, I guess like Alex Jones is in some ways a central figure, but then that you you reject him, like so the people in your group sort of rejecting him because he wasn't extreme enough, maybe, uh, yeah. and then they, they move on to be like a cult of their own, like kind of a, an off an offshoot. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to like obviously cast everybody who has some suspicions about nine eleven as being cultists, but I'm just referring here specifically to this 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 group of people, you know, back It's like a default almost. Yeah. It's like that yeah. Yeah, it's a belief a belief system that and the other thing that uh, Steve uh, told me was uh you know it's kind of a social scene in a way. Like people people's social lives revolved around this group. And you'd yeah. go to meetings and, you know, you'd have a good time because that's where all your friends were. And you had people yeah. who believe the same thing that He's you believe. He's totally right. He's totally yeah. right. Yeah. And the, the, But here's the unfortunate thing, at least, I mean, compared to now, now no one meets up and goes anywhere. I mean, at least then there was the person-to-person, you know, communication. Right. Now it's not. It's just it's just all these echo chambers and people just, eh, people just bad one-liners, you know, memes, memes, memes. There's no communication even going on. There's no even real debate, you know. I do see uh, people meeting now online. I mean, I, it, not just you know 
Facebook things. People actually do like these chat rooms where they get together and talk. But uh, you know, mostly in the flat Earth community, I, I think there must be people who do that in the nine eleven communities and chemtrail communities. But I, I've um, not seen them. There's, there's been. I mean, I know of, I know of, of um, what you call conference calls. People yeah. have done that. Sure, there's, but I don't think that kind of com- that kind of discussion necessarily goes anymore, just because. People are too distracted on you know on on which plane or which building or what you know it's there's too many right. variables I guess. But you know I guess it, it's kind of taken the place of these these local meetups. And obviously you you were uh, geographically geographically limited. L.A. Yeah. of course you had a huge amount of people. Uh, oh. I I lived in L.A. Uh, around that time, and uh, I actually I met some of the people like. Uh, I'm not sure if they're the, the We Are Change people, but I met some of the people who were in Michael J. Murphy's uh, circle. They used to set up tables uh, down on uh, Venice Beach or down in Santa Monica and yeah. hand out leaflets to, to people, and I would go down there and uh, chat to them. And uh, I, know, I know Steve did that as well. Steve uh, would go and uh, <laughs> kind of harangue his old his old buddies. Yeah, no, that's 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 totally true. And and the, the with that like the people that Murphy was bringing there it, it were usually they were usually uh, We Are Change. LA people because you know for a time I mean that's all that's all that Murphy could promote to I me mean, he didn't have anything he tried to set up a whole separate you know group on meetup to mm. do this but it's just like it was just kind of like what was the point you know, is, you know so it, Murphy it, and there's not much to do what do you do hold a banner like point to the sky look. <laughs> you know, yeah like I guess so boring so Michael J. Michael J. Murphy did this 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 film uh, what in the world are they spraying which was actually, you know, quite quite popular at the time. A lot of people oh, uh, saw it, and it uh, got a lot of attention from the media. And it kind of was kind of a big step up for the whole chemtrail conspiracy thing. Did, did that yeah, come from within the We Are Change group? Yeah, the beginning scenes. I forget, like I forget all the, you know, the, the technical research and you know the mm-hmm. well, so-called research, but the beginning of the film, where they're supposed to be at some geoengineering conference with some scientists some yeah. people in san diego and who's there is bruno's there so is uh the other guy steven i forget his name and then i, I believe jeremy roth Cushell was there so there was three people from we are chains already there and mike murphy's there too you know but you know he's a transplant he's from he's from chicago originally so you know there there's your three there's a, a, at least a couple of the core we are change la people so yeah it started from going to that you know, to this this uh, this conference uh, on on geoengineering or something to do with something I forget exactly what it was, but that's how it started. So once they filmed that, you know, they just kind of built a documentary, and it was just mostly Mike Murphy and one other guy that used to do a little bit of films from We Are Change, uh, Witten, Paul Witterberg. Paul Wittenberg. Mm-hmm. I've talked to him on, on on Facebook. I don't I don't remember ever meeting him in person. Like even though I may have been in the presence in the company of him, but you know they got up. They they kicked that off. They, you know they 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 put that together. There was all this talk. You know we even raised money. I guess yeah, I think there was even you know try to raise money to make the film. So we're already even getting into the research. We're already even seeing short videos of everything already before the completed thing, completed product. You know came out but then once the product came out there was already a fallout between uh mike murphy and paul wittenberger and uh paul wittenberger is obviously more computer literate you know he, he really worked he was already starting to work in the film industry 
uh, you know, Mike Murphy, you know, he's kind of just kind of this ex party kind of person. I know he got, I know he got into some kind of, I think he was doing substitute school, uh, substitute teaching, teaching in yeah, school. I think, I think math, that was math teaching. He, I think he said, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, I think that's what it was. It, that was what he did, but you know, he didn't have, he didn't know anything. He didn't know anything of, you know, as, as far as internet, social media, and especially with as that being, you know, the way to promote and advertise thing. I kind of like, you know, I told him, Hey, I'll, I'll help you with that. And at the mo at that time, simultaneously, I was already, doing this t-shirt thing i was printing out my own line of 911 truth t-shirts at the time <laughs> so it was kind of like yeah I'll, I'll also print one of your shirt i'll show you how to promote on myspace on all the social media sites to do vin uh to do um consignment for your dvds at stores you know mm-hmm. um all that stuff so and, but you know while all that was going on i was hearing all this drama he had with that with wittenberger and it just kind of like, wow, you know, uh, I didn't get into the middle of it. I just like, you know, I'm just mostly into 9-11 truth, you know, you know, and Murphy would hang out a lot, came over my place quite a bit. I drove him, you know, I drove him around to do some of these conventions to, to vend. Like even, we even vended one time in the parking lot outside the, one of the, uh, David Ike speaking engagements, mm-hmm. one of the seven hour, eight hour ones he did. Uh, you know, we, we, we went, we went to some kind of also convention with, with chiropractors too. You know, really? uh, yeah, yeah, we did that in Orange County. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, because he was, because there was a lot of yeah. health, you know, you I know, guess so. Yeah. Health the health chiropractors health. are a bit, uh, you know, they, 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 I don't know, they flirt with the fringe of medicine. Some of them I, are the fringes medicine. Of medicine. I didn't realize that until yeah. I went to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a learning experience, but I was listening. Yeah. Wow. New agey type, uh, remedies yeah. so that yeah. so you were doing all this stuff with 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 michael j murphy and helping yeah. him promote the film but did you believe in the the chemtrail stuff at all I, I i did for all that you know for all that period you know and he even did like like when we were just kind of like talking about you know regular bs whether it was the drama of chemtrails or, or stuff on alex jones what whatever yeah He'd stay over for a few hours and a couple times he even did some of his radio interviews at my place from his cell phone like even right. for for uh george nori and uh, coast to coast he, one of them he got into a it turned into an argument and the you know the interview ended up getting cut short yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the most interesting the, the most interesting conversation it wasn't in radio interview but you know it, it's the precursor till you know until he made his uh, uh appearance on joe rogan mm-hmm. um he um he got a phone call from uh, from G. Edward Griffin, you know, G. Edward Griffin, what you know, invested into the first film, right? But G. Just... Edward Griffin was being approached by somebody who was challenging Murphy, who was a nine eleven truth or a conspiracy theorist, but didn't believe the chemtrails thing, didn't believe the results from the mud, you know. It, it, yeah, you yeah. know, it's, it turns out to be this website that he gets confronted with with Joe Rogan because it's I, I know it was that challenge. So Edward Griffin was asking him, so why don't you just call this guy, talk to him, be professional, just see if test it out. He said, no, 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 no. He was like, no, you don't give these people anything. You don't give them the second. Da, 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 da. Made up all this really, you know, loud about it. But from that point, I that's where I'm pretty sure Griffin did not become interested, didn't want to work with them ever, ever since that. You know, he didn't, he didn't invest into the into the second film or produce yeah. the second didn't help with that at all. G. Edward Griffin, he was like, um, he's kind of an old school conspiracy theorist guy, and he's written some books about like the Federal Reserve and things like that. And uh, yes, 
Uh, and I guess the he Je- just kind Jekyll, of... Uh, the Jekyll Island. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The creature Jekyll from Jekyll Island. Island. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and he... But he... And then he got in as a, a sponsor of this, this first film about chemtrails. Yeah. And he's, he's in the film, I think. Yeah, just... Yeah, he's in the short film. Into film. This, is, this is why I was able to get info, InfoWars distribution. If, if Edward G. Right. Edward Griffin wasn't in it, it would have not... Like, it wouldn't have caught... It wouldn't have caught on to Alex Jones by itself. And... But because he was involved in it, that's what... But then I also found out like what was their deal on all that when they had the DVDs there for sale from Infowars, you know. And of course, you remember this is the same time YouTube's starting to grow, so you know not very many people are making their money on documentaries at this point because everybody's yeah. just watching them on YouTube. Yeah. So he was only getting a dollar for each DVD <laughs> being sold from Jones. So yeah, yeah. See, so not uh, it's not wow. not a big money maker. I think a lot of people think that oh. you know these. People who promote these things are making loads and loads of money, but uh, it's quite hard to, to no, make money unless you're hard. unless you're Alex Jones, yeah. unless you can actually get a unless huge yeah. recurring unless audience. Yeah, I don't think making a documentary is going to make you that much money. I think Loose Change did fairly well. Uh, yeah, because you know that yeah. would have been back in the early days of YouTube, and they would yeah. have actually managed to sell a bunch of copies. Uh, oh yeah. They- they did, and I believe what I've been told is Jones just had to grab that because he wanted that, you know, part of. He wanted that tinfoil capital for his, you know, for in his lone state of Texas, yeah, you know, lone star state of Texas, yeah. So, so Griffin like kind of dropped out by the second movie. No, he was out by uh, after after the DVD right, was okay. released, yeah, because they even yeah. did a screening in, in Hollywood, and you know, and like I said, yeah, yeah, I, I believe it, you know, I, I totally thought it was, but. When I started to see kind of you know his character and the, his background character, one one of the things that kind of bothered me was is that is that is that he how he liked uh, the Kim this whole thing was just because it really kind of it freaked people out and he liked the paralytic the paralyzed hmm. effect that the people would get you know from watching from his screenings or you know and you know he would, he'd laugh and tell me like like you know there are these moments he says yeah there's these moments where there'd be like a woman freaking out like oh i can't be true like oh like hmm. you know and, and he would like he liked the fact that he would just kind of have to be come in there and just kind of have to calm him down you know calm her down like a like a is this like a, michael you know, you're talking about michael j murphy now yeah michael murphy yeah 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 because he went on to do the second mill when did he, he did he did this joe rogan thing uh which was i was also on the same show uh, and you know, people describe this as being a bit of a an ambush, in mm-hmm. that uh, Joe Rogan set out set out to make Michael J. Murphy look bad. Uh, what yeah. What was your impression of what what happened? Um, it wasn't it was an ambush, but I tell you what, uh, from my from for myself knowing what how he how Murphy already handled that the the challenge the challenge website that was shown on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget who the guy was. Uh, I think he kind of deserved it. I, and I was shocked when I saw it. I'm like, I'm like, because I was witness. I was witness to this because I was like, you know, Murphy could have taken care of this. He could have took care of that. You know, he could have talked to the guy already. But, you know, he lost he, because he didn't do that. He's getting ambushed. He, he already lost, you know, uh, G. Edward Griffin as a, you know, as a backer. So I was just like, dude, this is your, this is your, yeah. this is your fault because of your ego, you know? Was it uh, was it my website that they shared the Contrail Science website? I don't think it was. Uh, it was somebody in California. I, I remember. Well, I was in California. It was somebody Hispanic? I remember it was somebody Hispanic. Oh, okay, it, was, it wasn't me yeah. then. <laughs> no, no. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, I wonder what, who that was. So, yeah, I remember, like, one thing, um, was it? Oh, no, that was the other guy. It was the other guy who believed in aliens. Uh, the guy from well, Colorado. Well, he had something on... I'm, uh, the, the thing they're trying, to make, they're trying to say about Rogan, you know, point, you know, ambushing uh, Murphy was because, like, on the show, they, they, they zoomed in on the alien logo he had on his... that Murphy had on his screen or something, and I'm like, right. well, <laughs> well, it's, well, oh, well. That's... Yeah, I heard like some of the things about uh, the We Are Change group that they had some strange beliefs about like uh, Jewish bloodlines. Do you know anything about that? Like how the Illuminati is the Azankani Jews. I don't know what the the, the, the word is exactly. You remember no, anything of that? Honest, to be honest with you, I mean, it just the We Are Change LA just would never get go that far into the uh, whole. Jewish intrigue or anything like that. I mean, we had we had Jewish members in our group too. So yeah, but yeah. We, that never that never really became no. Hmm, but we addressed the the Israeli stuff. Yeah, we would. You know, we talk about that. You know, like Israeli yeah. intelligence, supposedly dancing like Israelis. Yeah, where they thought that there were these five guys dancing. Yeah, and yeah. they have some. They were arrested, I think. Yeah. So so like you know, you said you. You were shown things like the Pentagon hole, like Steve showed you this photo and this kind of like made you think about that. What 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 was like some other things that kind of made you move away from the, the kind of hardcore uh, beliefs that you had back then? Um well, you know, to be honest with you, even learning more about the the, the you know, the Mossad and things of that have gone on with the IDF and kind of understanding like um how they've been able to infiltrate into real radical groups you start to realize like, why do I, why, why would, why should I subscribe to anything that removes the hijackers, you know, the Arab operatives, if you're trying to implicate this certain angle of foreign intelligence, mm. <laughs> you know, if you don't have these operatives there, you're not going to be able to implicate them. So when I started to really look at all the, all the hijacker theories, all the not, you know, the no phone call stuff. And, and I'll, I will admit, Ryan Dawson definitely persuaded me, not persuaded me, he started showing me, other pieces of evidence, I'm like, hey, there are still some anomalies here. Some of the things I started to notice was is that on some cases, there may have been an additional hijackers that they did not know who they were, but they were not able to identify. And on some cases, like I believe on Flight 93, there may have been one hijacker who was not on board. And that's, that takes a long time to explain. But then when I started to realize this, I'm realizing there's this complete other anomaly for real hijackers just just making it uh, cert- just making it more relevant than it was you know a, a mm-hmm. complex operation when i started seeing this uh, i you know i'm like i really should reconsider you know everything else uh, you know um, and, yeah. and the, the other thing to be honest with you i when it came to building 7 even when we are change la started i didn't understand why we were always focusing on this building because nobody died in it. So I, I had a, I, I thought that was weird about AE because we were working with AE 91 Truth from, like like heavily, big time, with Richard Gage, you know. Did you believe it, like at one point though, that, you know, uh, Building 7 and the World Trade Center towers were brought down by controlled demolitions with pre planted explosives and everything? Well, Building 7, I, I used to believe, totally, I totally believe that. I mean, I used to believe it was the Bush administration. I thought it was, a, you know, a CIA operation. I thought it was all, you know, a very domestic conspiracy theory. That's that's what I mm-hmm. uh, used to believe. But with Building 7, 
Uh, well, let me just let me just clarify with the World Trade Center with the twin towers. It is I don't believe in controlled demolition, like, but I do believe that there were explosives in there. Now okay. I don't believe that there were they were. It doesn't mean that I believe that they were CIA or FBI or some. You know, I don't even. I'm not even certain if it was even for the the, the issue of the dancing Israelis. I'm not even certain if it was Israeli operatives that did it. I am comfortable to say that there were Arab operatives that did it, and I have a, a pretty good case to. To you know, to make an example of very good evidence on that, but with Building Seven, really the Iran, the the the, the Plaskow building with Iran, with the, with that that building falling down, that really that really changed for me. But interesting, so did yeah, that's what started to be because before that, a couple of years before that, I was already kind of questioning that maybe they put explosives after the Twin Towers came down because yeah, maybe yeah. they wanted to bring Building 7 down because it was too damaged. You know, Maybe that's what pull it really meant. Maybe that's why they cleared off all the streets. And the reason why I believe that is because if you listen to the entire Danny Joanko, the uh, the demolition expert from, from Nor- of Norway or Sweden, uh-huh. the one who was constantly referenced from architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth, the one that gets shown Building 7 and says, oh, it's total demolition. Uh-huh. Well, when you listen to the entire interview you know ae only edit, edits it and stops it at one point but when you listen to danny joanko danny joanko says well though they must have worked had to work fast and he goes work, work fast is what do you mean it's like well i mean i don't know how polluted the area was or what was going on and what was their access access point but they must have got in there and so and then the interview is saying to him oh so you're saying that they could have could have brought it down that day put explosives he says yeah sure you know uh, it probably went to the bottom, you know, below, and then put it into the center, and you know, it, and that's what brought in the center, and then that's what kind of brought it down. They went into the, put it in the heart of the building, and then I'm like thinking to myself, well, that actually makes more sense if that's what happened, you know. Um, so you think the idea that somebody uh, ran in with some explosives and or, yeah, or walked in a few then... hours, whatever the crew, you know, put them, you know, because I believed in the kink thing, but then when I, you know, when I finally got to see Eddie Currents film and seeing where it really falls from the uh the penthouse seeing yeah, that it hollows yeah. out you're not you're not seeing a building that's all floors are intact that's coming down so once i saw that and then then what you think is the kink in the middle is really it being hollow and bending yeah that's what that's that's where i've been able to that's where i'm able to see it that's really so, interesting uh, for me that's really interesting because like you know the things you mentioned there that kind of swayed you the the collapse of the Plasco building which is an Iranian yeah. it was like a 17 story building in Tehran and it uh, collapsed from fire but it yeah. kind of looks like both like aspects of the World Trade Center towers collapses and a bit like the World Trade Center 7 collapses and so architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth were kind of forced to say oh well this is probably like some kind of controlled demolition also and then you talk yeah. about like Edward Current, and Edward Current has made. Uh, you know, he's a guy who I also interviewed for my book. Uh, he he was very briefly a nine eleven truther for like a week or so yeah. until he you know he had a chat with his brother and it kind of sorted him out. Uh, and nine eleven truther in terms of controlled demolition, and now he's made some nice videos about. Building Seven, kind of explaining how the collapse could have happened. Uh, you know what the NIST case is. Uh, you know, yeah. that's evidence for that. And so these two things have actually had an effect on you. Now, what's yeah. it, what I'd like it to know, have, though, like yeah. how 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 quickly did they have an effect on you? How 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 long did it take for them to actually change your mind? 
not very long in a few minutes. I mean, what mm. made me really finally like like look at it, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to look at this building and actually not like try to imagine or try to do the, but looking at seeing it where it's where where everything is dismantling from beginning point, you know. And you know when I saw his film, it did a great job of it because I, I never I never saw the sunlight coming through the window like that at all. I yeah. never never noticed that. And then for my for me personally, I always thought that the um, the penthouse was further back. I didn't know it was all the way up to the edge. Meaning that all the top fell in. I only thought, you know, I, I, you know, I, I thought like basically like the Alaska, the Alaska University model. You know how they made it recently? It just kind of like, yeah, the, it only falls a few floors. That's yeah, what I used to kinda... believe. I didn't believe it fell all the way down. You know, and it went, it fell all the way down. But here's here's the thing, and I I do want to I do want to mention this because this is pretty interesting. I won't mention the actual name of the person who told me this. Okay. But I will say it is somebody pretty prominent in the truth movement. One of the reasons why it re- really made me consider to look at Eddie Current and look at the debunking videos. There's even a better one from another uh, studio, another one that did a CGI. I forget. I can't remember the name on, on offhand. But I was having doubts already about it, and I was telling this person about my Joanko theory. Because I told him, I believe in the Joanko theory. I don't believe what you guys have been promoting with AE. I believe it has nothing to do with the actual terrorist attack. And, he, and the, the, this person said, no, 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 you, you, you need to have a Skype conversation with me. So he has a Skype, you know, we hold a Skype conversation. And because I was telling him that I believe that if it was a demolition, then a person I would suspect would be Jerome Howard. Jerome Howard was the head of the emergency offices of emergency management. Okay. He was the head of Kroll security. You know, his, you know, his offices were in, Building seven. Okay, he also had worked with the uh, uh, the the uh, what is it? The name of the co- name of the facility where the anthrax had come out. You know, he he he's uh, affiliated with that. He's he's an expert on bioterrorism. It's been said that he is the one that told the White House, the the Bush administration, to get on Cipro because of the anthrax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, it's been rumored that he was the one that hired John O'Neill to work at the you know the World Trade Center, right? There's a lot of things, and, and, and currently he's Jewish, okay? And, you know, even currently right now, he works for um, Chertoff, Michael Chertoff Group. Another person that's highly suspected in the truth movement as being part of the cover, you know, being part of the cover, being conspirator, whatever. So I've had all this all this weight on Jerome Howard. And I told this person about that. I'm like, I would suspect that he would be in a, had been involved because not only that, he is the first person to appear on TV to say that, you know, I think that, you know, I, I think that the, you know, the the planes and the fires brought down the, down, down the entire building. Basically kind of what the truth movement would say, setting up the, already the commission report results, uh, you know. So here's this prime suspect, prime suspect to, to think, hey, if somebody rigged, rigged Building 7 up for explosives, it would be through this guy. You know, he's got too many connections, right? So when I told him that, this person had told me, that he already met Jerome now in New York. And this, and I, I believe him because of the, who this person is. And he said that, interestingly, he actually questioned him about the the the, the uh, Cipro, telling the White House to get on Cipro. And he told him, no, uh, no, that's not true. I never told the White House to get on Cipro. Mm-hmm. BS. And he goes, well, well, how do you feel about, you know, the Twin Towers explosives within all three buildings? He said in the Twin Towers, he had not changed his opinion on that. But he said Building 7, he thought it was a demolition. Hmm. And I thought to myself, 
wait a minute. You guys are, you guys are whole, because I, I was kind of so mad about this. I'm like, because this is a, a very prominent person. And he's made a he's made a statement like that, and you've not done anything to release this right. statement. <laughs> That's strange. Uh, yeah, and I'm almost like, I'm like, whoa! It's somebody who was part of Architects and Engineers for 9/11 Truth, not right. Richard Gitt. It's somebody yeah. from from that. So that's what made me very upset. I'm like, wait, you're withholding this from the organization? I mean, prime suspect number one for Building Seven, and he he agrees with everybody that it was a demolition. So I thought to myself. If he can believe it's a demolition, why should I believe it is one in the first place? I mean, he could be, he's, he's dumb. I mean, I don't agree with him on the Twin Towers. I don't agree with, <laughs> with, uh, uh, with him on the Twin Towers. I think there's a lot more graphic evidence, or a lot more evidence for it, but not with Building 7. So why would he, I'm like, he's just fooled like anybody else. Do you have like a, like, like now after all these years, do you have, kind of a clear idea in your head of what you think happened or do you still just have like a load of questions and suspicions i have an idea of what certain things were supposed to happen i have an idea of where i think some things happened but i have a lot of questions of what didn't happen the one thing that i do know what's going to happen and people do not put this in the equation because it's not even talked about in the truth movement is that there were more planes that it was the 9-11 attacks were not uh, an idea from the Bojinka plot found from, from Ramsey Youssef in his laptop in, in the Philippines. No, it was the Bojinka plot. They were going to hijack 12 or more planes. And there's a lot of evidence for this. A lot of it, just from not just from Logan, Dulles, and uh, Newark, because there were additional flights, but other airports, mainly JFK Airport, LaGuardia, Atlanta, Chicago, um, cases of weapons being found, cases of people, suspicious Middle Eastern men leaving that day, a uh, lot. So when I put that, in, when I think about that, when I think, when I consider, you know, the two planes that reached the Twin Towers, I don't doubt that they could have been more planes intended still to hit the Twin Towers and other targets still. You know, even my belief with Flight 93, they say it was going to hit the, 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 the Pentagon or the White House. I think it was going to hit CIA headquarters I'm sorry, CIA headquarters in Virginia. That's mm. where I think it was going to go because that is one of the main. They wanted to make the tact to make it look like, hey, we'll hit you anywhere. We'll hit your we'll hit your military. We'll hit your defense. Doesn't matter. So, who do you think is behind the uh, 9/11 attacks? Um, that one I won't discuss because that's going to that that I'm trying to work onto as far as a book. But okay. I don't. I don't I don't discount that Bin Laden wasn't made. I don't say that he wasn't involved. I think he was an investor. I think he, you know, I think he he wasn't mm -hmm. as far as that. But I don't think he was the who who centrally managed it. Yeah. So I'll tell so, you I, off camera. I'll tell you off camera, but I won't. I won't tell okay. you. <laughs> All right. So so you've um, you know you've kind of evolved, I guess, uh, from your early days in two thousand and eight as a a nine eleven truther and sometime chemtrail believer uh into someone who's more interested in kind of i guess like uh like who is behind what happened with the planes and the geopolitical yeah. things and things like that and i think i've seen yeah. that a few times with other people uh who who have kind of i guess like over time you figure out the more ridiculous stuff is just ridiculous and then you kind of move on and you kind of settle down into these uh these these other investigations 
Do you do you work yeah. with other people who have been through like similar things to you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, maybe not ones that have actually been in the actual groups, but have kind of just paid attention from everything online for a long time. Just kind of, yeah. I mean, one person I, I uh, talk with a lot is uh, Adam Fitzgerald. Uh, mm. and then, you know, what, like you, you've did, you've interviewed Ryan Dawson already. Um, you know, he's someone yeah. I've talked to online, but he was, he was never an actual activist because, you know, he was also from South Carolina, but, I, but I will, t- I will tell you this. It, it's been for me, it's been like the transition has been like being an activist, then now actually being a researcher, an investigator. Because when I was in that activist mode, I thought the research was done. I thought all the investigating was done. We were just, you know, but but seeing that that's not going anywhere. And then there's people uncomfortable to talk about the Israeli stuff. And I, I didn't like that being ignored. But then I also said that then now I also realized that what that the issue wasn't the omission of the, the omitting the Israeli stuff. It's really throwing away the Arab roles, throwing away the the, the conventional Al Qaeda. Yeah. There's the you know you, we have the intelligence agencies to blame for not letting the FBI know that they were in this country too. There's all there's a lot of a lot of blame you know, but people just want to get you know they just wanted they're more interested in proving their science model theory of 9/11 right than getting it right. Do you uh, research other things, like are there other things that people maybe would consider to be conspiracy theories that uh, that you you are researching as part of this, or is, are you entirely focused on this this one aspect, nine eleven? I'm only pretty much only focused on that, but I but my research goes back to Oklahoma City, back to nineteen ninety three, mm. and more interestingly, and it's been for the past year, back to the the bombing of Pan Am one hundred three. That's oh, yeah. one of been one of my one of my big things now. Is that the is but, that the Lockerbie buying? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that was the ones. Uh, I guess like the official story is that it was two two agents Libya of Libya uh, yes. who did it, and they had a bomb. Is yeah. is that is that somehow tied into like a like a, a oh, broader yes. narrative that you're talking about, or like yes. the same people? Pretty much. That's an interesting. It's not a coincidence. That it's not a coincidence that the Hamburg cell, <laughs> where the nine eleven operation, and then. Where the bombing of Pan Am, where the bomb originated from? Yeah, that's an interesting, interesting theory. <laughs> so so you—it's why I'm trying to put that into a book. Yeah, right, so, right. So you're working on a book that kind of encompasses this whole thing, like so Oklahoma yeah, City bombing, on papers, films, anything I can, you know. But it's a long, it's a long, lot, a lot to explain. So how? Yeah. Well, just just like. Two things there. You, the Oklahoma City bombing, uh, Timothy McVeigh was executed for it, and the, the other guy, I can't remember his name. Uh, and then the the Lockerbie bombing, Pan, the Pan Am bombing. How, how are those two things connected? Well, they could be connected. Uh, well, first of all, you have to, you have to consider the, uh, the Middle Eastern link in Oklahoma City bombing. Okay. Um, you know, there's, there, they've never caught John Doe number two. It was a Middle Eastern, a Middle Eastern uh, person, and they say, lot, uh, there's about 20 witnesses that say it was this gentleman named Hussein Al Husseini, and this local journalist uh, from Oklahoma City, um, God, what's her name, Jaina Davis. She covered the whole thing, and she actually inter- she actually interviewed him, and you know was was actually kind of a witness of all this behavior, of all this cover up. Well, this guy was seen with McVeigh. And not only that, he also worked for another. This 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 uh, Iraqi also worked for another man who owned real estate 
uh, his name was Dr. Abdul. That's his name in the book. It's not his real name. They had to because of lawsuits. They had to change the name. Hmm. And this guy was already on the terrorist watch list. Like even after the after the first 19, 1993 World Trade Center bombing, and he's said to be PLO linked. Now the thing about this whole thing is that it's been misconstrued because they tried to try to say that this was an Iraqi conspiracy. I don't think that's what it, what it was. Uh, how that connects to how that now how that still connects to the ninety three bombing because um, I can't I can't make it work to nineteen eighty eight. I can make mm. it connect to ninety three bombing from the ninety three bombing. It's very there's very very many ways to connect it to eighty eighty eight. But from the ninety three bombing to Oklahoma City, you have Terry Terry Nichols going to the Philippines, and he's. Uh, there are witnesses there that say that he was meeting with Abu Sayyaf, learning bomb making. There's that. There's also that. Mm-hmm. There's also when Ramzi Youssef's partner, Hakim Murad, was in jail. And when the Oklahoma City bombing happened, he was taking blame. For, he says this was actually pulled off by Ramzi Youssef's uh, Liberation Army, uh, whatever title. Uh, um, there's also I'm trying to remember what other links, but there's. There's was quite a bit of uh, Middle East uh, Middle East suspects um, involved. Now, like how how uh, McVeigh got caught up, you know, it's up it's up for de- debate because you know they tried to say he was a white supremacist. Others say he wasn't. He was actually even an Arab sympathizer, but not what you would call an Islamist. So that's yeah. that's what's rather odd. And yeah, yeah, he did fight, you know, in the the first Gulf War. And then there's also the theory that, you know, he was a, uh, hmm. a CIA agent, you know, infiltrating groups, you know, the Alex Jones, the, you know, the Alex Jones narrative. I don't know if that's all true. I wonder, but I do have questions about the other figure that was involved with Elohim City, uh, Andrea Straussmere. That would I be, and here's the weird thing too, Andrea Straussmere, German, his, uh, Father was not was 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 actually, but it, there's questions about that. He was uh, I forget what he was. was he ranked somewhere in the Nazi party. Right. But he's also his also his his um, his father was was uh, police chief of Hamburg, so he's already has a presence already in Hamburg. Ironically, this Andrea Straussman. So. See, I, I I talk to a lot of people who who have like theories like this, and you you get, you know what what amounts to uh, you know a web of names and connections and things like that. Yeah, and it it seems like it's difficult to to get anything out of it that's going to convince people because it yeah. seems like to to get into these theories, you've really got to like read all these accounts of things. This person was here at this time and this person knew yeah. this person and this person said this about this and this person was seen. Can you actually form like uh, a, a good compelling case from this that would appeal to people other than people, you know, like, like you who are like really wanting to delve into the details. I mean, how, what, what would it look like if you're presenting this case to people? And is it even possible? It's possible because it's because we're dealing with organized crime. And mm. when you actually look into that, when you actually, I mean, even, uh, even, uh, um, God, Michael Chertoff said, there's no way to distinct terrorism from organized crime. It's basically, that's basically where, that's where I see all this as being connected. So, I, I, yes. 
the way you also trace it is from these also these other militia groups and these other other fundamentalist groups. That is the other way you trace it because there's many of them. And there's there's you know there's revolving doors too. So if it's, if it's if it's organized crime and yeah. you know, you've done all this investigation and you've you've you made these connections and stuff. Well, why hasn't like the FBI and the CIA done this? Are they are they part of the plot or are they just not interested? Oh, you know, what's um, going on there? Oh my God, that's 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 a kid, you know. It, from every oh well, there's my God, I, I don't even know which one to start with. Uh, which you know, you bring up Louis Free, do you bring up cheese? Uh, um, so you. Know, you- what are you are you saying that the, the, they are part of the plot and that? No, no, I'm saying not the FBI. I'm not saying the FBI are part of the plot. No, but are they, they are they part of the are they part of the cover up? Yeah. Could there be some people in the FBI involved with it? Maybe. I, yeah. I don't know. You know, I do question about people in the CIA though. You know. But you know, if 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 you figured all this stuff out, you know, why haven't uh, like a few special agents in the FBI figured it out? Oh well, I wonder if they do. I wonder if they some of them do know. And they just can't reveal. I think a lot of it also ties into Iran Contra as well. I think a lot of it, if you were to, if we were to find out a lot, a lot of these groups that we've been funding, we'll find out that it's also still tied into the same, the drug trade, arms trade, mm. hiring mercenaries, you know, all these, all these crimes of moving proxies around. So that's what I think it's about too. So, so what's your plan with, uh, with the book? You think you'll get I it done in, uh, in a year or I'm so? Still trying to- I don't know yet, but I'm still trying. I'm still trying to put it all together because I'm working on each kind of. St- I mean, 9/11 is the most one that takes the longest because mm-hmm. it's just so much. Hopefully, someday I'd like to put it, put something out by the 20 year anniversary. Are you Are you working on any? Uh, do you do any documentaries yourself? Yeah, yeah. I made I've made uh, one a film called Six on 77. Yeah. I showed that there was yeah. additional, and I'm not saying that it was only six. I, I think it could actually be even. It could be probably even seven of them. But that's takes a long time to explain, and then I've also put out one about about uh, some of the extra hijacking attempts. I've got one that's kind of on the basic stuff, just you know, the explosives, the Israelis, the you know, uh, all you know, all the kind of uh, general stuff, but not not the outlandish, you know. Yeah. What kind of reaction are you, are you getting from from people in the nine eleven community when you put out uh, you know these these. Uh... Sure. Good and bad. Documentaries. I mean, some people like it. Some people, some people are totally for it. I mean, some people just don't. I mean, I don't. Well, at the same time, I'm not getting the same kind of circulation. They don't. You don't get the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with the algorithms now and all that. Um, my reactions. I mean, my responses for the most part they're good. Uh, some people don't like it because I'm not talking about the CIA here and the CIA there. I get a lot of those people like, "Why aren't you talking about the bankers? Why aren't you?" Mm. because i don't see no evidence of that I, I'm, I'm trying to follow whole hard trails and actual organizations yeah interesting stuff well i look forward to to uh, reading your book uh in a, <laughs> yeah. in a while i know how how difficult it is to get a book out it took me uh quite a long time to get mine written so yeah, uh, yeah it's uh and obviously i actually want to read the book actually i actually yeah, do want to read yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. You, know, like, you might find this stuff interesting about you know Steve, who was was uh, you know, someone you knew, uh, yeah, and uh, Ed Brotherton as well. Not Ed Brotherton. Um, what's his name? Edward Current. Ed Brotherton. Yeah, Ed Brotherton. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking of Edward Current, the other guy. 
Uh, no, but there's a, something there's something about the the the, uh, the title that you said because it's something I try to tell people too. It's just like yeah, you got to talk about you guys talk about going into the rabbit hole. But remember one thing: it's a hole. Yeah, you'll stay there. You'll stay there scared, and you'll yeah. Well, uh, I think we've done about an hour. That was uh, that was very interesting, and uh, yeah, I really liked hearing your perspective on on the old days, as it were. Well, <laughs> I guess that was like over ten years ago. Now. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Anything else you want to want to add before we uh, we wrap things um, up? No, that's just about it. That's about it. Just okay. check out my films. I just have a I have a, ch- a channel called Truther TV. Not necessarily the greatest name because I don't get along with those truthers. Right. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> you have to think of a new that's a new uh, a new descriptive name. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh,